Time to get inspired, develop and improve your yoga knowledge in English. You listen to Your Yoga in English, a podcast for non-native English-speaking yogis that want to practice or teach yoga worldwide. My name is Annie, the founder of Enga Unite, and here to guide you on your way to become the confident, effective and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. Hello everyone, how are you all doing today? We're live today to speak about five considerations when choosing your language of business operations. So really choosing a language for your business and what language you're going to communicate to reach and attract your ideal clients. It's a question I get asked almost every week. In what language should I operate? In what language should I write my posts? In what language should I write my email sequences on my website? And in what language should I actually teach? As you know, here at Enga Unite, I help you teach yoga in English so that you can build or expand an international career by teaching in multiple languages. But I also help you build your business reaching and attracting the right clients so that you can actually live of teaching yoga. This is a topic that really combines all the things that I'm passionate about, teaching yoga, languages, and your business education. And I thought it would be really useful to actually do a live session about this and help you choose your language of operation, or at least make a very informed decision on this. All right, so let's dive in. Do you wonder, should I choose one, one language or how to actually attract people in multiple languages? Do you wonder how to translate your post and your content? We need to remember that without clients, you don't have a business. And without communication, you can't reach and attract your clients. And without speaking their language, and that could be their mother tongue or the language that they search information in, but also their jargon, lingo, terms, expressions, the way that they describe their needs, without speaking that language, you can't build a relationship with them. And if you can't build a relationship, you won't be able to convert these people into loyal customers. The missing piece to gaining clients and living of sharing your passion for wellness, for yoga, or any type of spiritual practices, the missing piece in your business here is the skill to speak their language. If you're multilingual and you feel doubtful about choosing a language for your business, these are five things that I very often see. It may be that you feel uncertain or you fear that selecting one single language excludes potential clients. Maybe the group of people that you already work with or maybe the people that don't speak the other language. Might be that in your local town or your country, you speak one language, but you actually want to operate internationally and feel that by choosing one, you exclude people. 
It also could be that you feel uncertain that focusing on your native language limits your audience size, the group of people that you want to work with, and thereby your profitability. It could be that you think that operating exclusively in English exposes you to competition because there are lots of people already working in English. It could be that your own language proficiency isn't good enough to run your business in it. Might be that you still have to develop your language skills a little bit or that you fear that working with two or more languages is too much to manage, too time consuming. Let's first of all understand why language and communication in your marketing is so important. The long answer short is your reach, visibility, attraction, and client or relationship maintenance, nurturing, they call this. Your choice of language and your communication is the primary tool to reach and attract new clients. And your communication directly influences how your clients perceive you and how they relate to your personality, to your services, and your brand as a whole. Because as a brand, you speak as yourself, your authentic self, and you have your own words and phrases that you use. Your language choice and your word choice, they grab your client's attention. It helps them make a decision when they first see you to then look further, to check out your profile, to check out your posts, to sign up to a freebie or look at your website, what else you have to offer. What they first see of you is what grabs their attention and helps them make the decision to further engage. And then consistent and relatable language and helps build the essential no-like trust factor. You may have heard this before. People get to know you, then they start following you, see more of your content, you build relationship. They start to like you, trust you, and then choose to participate in whatever you offer, a course, a membership, a retreat, whatever it is. All of these things are very important reasons for you to first understand your ideal clients, that you learn how to speak to them in a way that relates to them, that resonates with them, that they feel heard, seen, understood. They see or they feel you understand them and that you're the right person to work with. I had a session earlier with one of our other students and she said, oh, I think I first need to build some experience and work at a yoga studio. Actually, I had a question about this on Instagram yesterday as well. And I think it's common for people. We want to gain experience. We want to build exposure. We want to expand our network. But focus on gaining experience, building your network already aligned and in a direction of your ultimate goals, your vision. In my case, if I want to gain more clients to help them teach yoga and English and build their international career, am I going to teach at a regular yoga studio? 
where we've got lots of people coming in that just want to practice yoga. No, it's not going to help me. If your goal is to create a course for yoga for pregnancy, are you going to teach seniors right now? Doesn't actually bring you further. Yes, it will help you gain experience, but it's not aligned with your ultimate goals. Going back, after you have grabbed people's attention, you build this no like trust factor. And this is called nurturing your relationships. To nurture your relationships, you need to understand your clients' goals and their needs, their challenges, problems, desires, anything really, all the reasons why they would want to work with you. This way, you can create focused content, aligned communication, and speak about the topics that resonate with them and are relevant to what they need from you. Now, we have to remember that through this type of communication, you build meaningful relationships. Relationships in the yoga world and yoga business are different from selling phones or selling shoes or selling leggings. In that way, building relationships with those types of products are completely different. We are helping people on a very emotional level. We help them heal, we help them grow or feel better in any way. So another reason why your language is important is that it helps you create an emotional connection with these people. Remember I said they, your students, your clients, want to feel seen, heard, understood. And that's what you do through language and communication. It's not sign up to my service or buy this product, but it's more how can I help you from point A to point B? What is in it for you? The problems, the solutions. When it comes to communication in your yoga and your wellness business, remember you're not a telephone company. You are a service provider. So switch from selling yourself to providing people with solutions. You're providing a service. Connect with your students on a human level. Speak to their emotions. Show them that you understand them. And by that, we can resonate. We make it relevant. And they start to trust you so that they can convert themselves in loyal clients. I want to give you this insight because I can go on and on and on about language, communication, your messaging, tone of voice, the topics about which you want to speak. And all of this is really important, but that's for another session. That's a whole complete different thing. All of that I do teach in the business programs, the four-day immersion, and the launch and expand your international business slash career program. If you are interested in how to actually understand your clients, how to speak their language so that you can reach and attract and convert them into loyal clients, check out those programs. I would love for you to be there. But today we're going to look at five considerations, things that you need to ask yourself or consider when choosing the language of your business. Grab pen and paper, because I've got lots of things for you to think about. First, ask yourself, why do you think 
that you need to make a decision on your language of operation. Why is this even a question that comes to your mind? And I already introduced five ways, five things that we could wonder or worry about. But if the answer is a fear, like I fear that by choosing one language, I will exclude people. Is that your reason? Or that by working in one language only, my audience is too small? Or that working in English, there is too much competition? All of these have fears, limiting beliefs. Ask yourself, are these thoughts true? Or are they something that holds you back? Because your niche can't be small enough. Your group of ideal clients can't be small enough. The more specific you are, the easier it is to attract these people. Because that way, you specifically speak to what it is that they need. They have no one else to look for. There's no competition anymore. Yeah, so that's one thing to consider. Is it a fear that if you choose one language or if you don't do it in both, you are limited by scarcity? Is that one true for you? Or is it a question that is based on your business vision, the life that you're building? a social consideration. It could be that you have an existing business that operates in one language and you want to expand it so that you can offer your services in other languages or in other countries, reaching new people. It could be that you want to contribute to yoga and wellness in your country or in your language. As we know, in English, there are many, 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 many different resources in your language, there may be fewer, and you want to contribute to this type of education. Or is it something more related to yourself, and you want to move abroad, and therefore operate in more on or another language? Ask yourself, is this question, in what language should I work, or should I operate in my business? Is this because of fear? Is it a business vision? Is it the life that you're building for yourself or is it a social consideration? Ask yourself these things first. And step number two, or the second thing to consider, your business vision and your ideal clients. Who are your ideal clients? If you've watched, and if you haven't yet, you can still watch it. You can find the link in my bio. But if you have seen the Transition with Ease webinar, from guide to business owner, you learned that building your business starts with the foundation. We do not start with creating a product. We start with establishing vision, purpose, ideal clients, and understanding who it is that you're actually serving. So there I explained that before you start creating or posting things before you start creating posts randomly about your practice or whatever it is that you offer, you need a very clear purpose. You need a very clear vision. That's your direction. And understand your ideal clients. Understanding your ideal clients means market research. See, as a webinar, you can find the link in my bio, everyone. Transition with ease from guide to business owner. Market research. Understanding your ideal clients means market research. You want to look at the characteristics, the demographics, their online behavior, how to reach them and build relationships. 
Doing that type of market research requires very focused attention. We're not assuming anything. We're not just thinking, oh, yeah, I think they're on Instagram or I think that they want this topic. I think that they deal with this. No, you want to find out, ask questions and do your research. Again, doing your research, how to do this is another session. I will teach all of this in the business programs, but you need to understand them. You need to analyze research and ask questions. With all that information that you have on your ideal clients, you decide on your business model, which also includes your language of operation. I'm going to ask you questions that you need to answer for yourself or research, but remember that understanding your clients, there is more to it. It's not just the questions I'm going to ask you now. To get closer to the decision of in what language should I operate, and especially in terms of understanding your ideal clients, language, communication, and behavior, ask yourself, who are they? And with who are they, I'm thinking of the languages they speak and how well they speak them. If you're familiar with language levels, you may have seen A1 to C2. What is their languages level? (laughs) Because all of that impacts how well they will understand you and how much concentration they have when they read what you have to share or when they listen to what you share, for example, on a live session or on a podcast. In what language do they use their devices? Because the language that they use the device in influences the algorithm. The algorithm, we speak about it all the time, but the algorithm decides what types of content they see or get promoted and in what language. So in what language do they use their devices? Then in what language do they search for information on the internet? I speak Dutch, English, Spanish, tiny bit of Portuguese, I understand German. When I search for something on the internet, it's in English. Because English is the language that I speak on a daily basis, and it's the language I think in. But your ideal clients might understand, for example, German, speak French as their native language, but they live in Spain, and because their days are in Spain, search for things in Spanish. We need to understand that and know from our clients in what language do they search for information. Because their search decides if they actually can find you. Then what is their age? What's their nationality? What's their cultural background? Age, nationality, cultural background influences online behavior. And with online behavior, I mean the types of social media they use the types of content that they engage with, reels, blogs, podcasts, the static posts or carousels, the things that they search for as well and where they search for it. There's a really funny thing I see that when I'm traveling, I see that many people actually use Instagram to search for things. Personally, I use Google or Google Maps, depending on what I'm searching. So where do your clients search for things? Or YouTube, Pinterest, there are many different channels people use. We need to know those things. And that's influenced by age, nationality, cultural background. 
What is their buying behavior? What is their buying behavior? Is it individual or is it cultural? Let me explain. It's a really important insight. In individualistic countries like the USA, Germany, the Netherlands, Scandinavian countries, people often make a decision based on their personal goals, their preferences, and their aspiration. So in your messaging, the way that you communicate with your clients and build relationship, you want to focus on the personal benefits, the uniqueness, their self-expression, authenticity. But if you work with people, for example, from Japan or Mexico or sometimes Italy or lots of countries in Asia, Central and South America, these people make decisions based on social connection much more than individual goals. That means that when you are speaking to these people, you want to focus on societal norms, collective benefits, shared experiences, collective well-being. It's more about togetherness rather than the individual. There's nothing wrong with either of these approaches. But if you target people from this country, from a collective country, for example, or you're targeting people from an individualistic country, we have to speak to these people differently to reach, attract them, and build relationships. At the end of the day, we all are human and we all have preferences and the world is getting smaller and smaller. We adopt behavior from different countries as well. But you need to understand your ideal clients because that is what's going to facilitate building your relationships. With all that you know about them, you can now communicate in a way that's aligned with their goals, with their needs. It matches their behavior, their values, their culture, and very often unconscious buying behavior. Because most people are not aware of the way that they buy. I wasn't. I'm no, I had no idea. I also did my research to this. And I'm like, oh, actually, this makes a lot of sense. And it completely changed the way that I write as well. Have a look at our post and guess which do you think it is? <laughs> Number three... Consider your own language levels, because some here are bilingual. That means that you speak two languages at more or less the same level. Most people learn another language at a later age. In that case, you're multilingual. It's possible that your language skills are not equally developed in all the languages that you speak. Yeah, I'm speaking from experience. The way I speak in Spanish is nowhere near as fluent as I speak in English. But when choosing your target language, you need to consider how well and how comfortable actually am I producing writing and speaking in the languages that I'd like to operate in. Can I do this? Do I feel confident about that? If not, take that as an opportunity to improve yourself. Not to neglect it is not to tell you, oh, you're not good enough, so you can't do it. No way. We always have the possibility to improve ourselves. If it's the case, see it as an opportunity to grow, to educate yourself, not to just forget about it. The other thing to ask yourself when considering your own language levels, 
can you stay true to yourself and express yourself authentically? You're not selling yourself, but you're selling a service that you offer. So you want to also express yourself authentically in the way that you would work with these people. So can you express yourself authentically? And if you choose to translate a type of communication, can you do so effectively? Not one sentence translate on Google to another sentence, copy paste in my post. No way. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Translation doesn't work like that. Consider your own language levels, be honest with yourself, and if it's necessary, invest in learning or optimizing your language skills so that you can communicate effectively, authentically, and also translate in a way that everything still makes sense and sounds as you are speaking in your target language or languages. Number four is navigating language dynamics. Interesting points. I'm super fascinated by this and I think it will also clear up a lot of doubts for you. When operating in multiple languages, most people start with posting in both or more languages. They translate the website. They translate the caption on an Instagram post to another language. And that's not very effective. There is nothing wrong with translation. But what we often forget is that more often than not, language gets lost in translation. And even more in the world of yoga and wellness. Why do you think that is? Yoga has its own history. And its original language is Sanskrit. Now, Sanskrit is an ancient language that originates from the Indian subcontinent. Not only India, Indian subcontinent. And it goes back to a Vedic period. And that period is around 1500 before Common Era. It's very old, probably one of the oldest languages in the world. Just as your own language goes through constant evolution, yeah, you don't speak the same as your grandparents did. Language is constantly evolving, changing. Sanskrit neither is spoken the same way as it was in all those years back. Every language is in constant development and it evolves based on geographical spread, cultural evolution, dialectual shifts, the cultural influences, temporal changes, how the world slowly is fusing together. We're adopting norms and behavior from other countries. All of that influences our language use as well. And all of those things influence the way that we use vocabulary, phrases, grammar, pronunciation. Think of all the dialects and the accents, popular phrases, buzzwords, even the way we use emojis. Are you aware that in every country we use emojis differently? It's fascinating, really excites me. <laughs> But yogic concepts are translated from Sanskrit, which is a language which has various uses. And among those who speak it, there are various ways or discussions on how to actually translate it. I am not a Sanskrit teacher and I do not speak the language. So I can't give you any reliable information on this. 
But we need to bear in mind that we can't just translate what Google tells us or what a random person has told us. We need to pay really careful attention to this. Then apart from translating yogic concepts, also consider the concepts that we use in the wellness world, consciousness, personal development, in mindfulness. There's lots of phrases and expressions that are not used in our daily conversations. Now, in many countries, these types of phrases, expressions, the studies, the theories are fairly new, which means that not everything yet has a correct translation. For example, in Dutch, we adopt a lot of words from English. We don't have a Dutch translation. And this might be the same in your language, or it may be that your language is figuring out translations. They've got their own way of saying things. Some languages add new words to the dictionary and others adopt them from other languages. For example, from Sanskrit or from English. This really, really fascinates me. But when it comes to translation with the intention to attract and, and engage your ideal client, it's really important that you consider the experience and familiarity your clients have with the words you use. What I mean with that is that, for example, students from the USA are much more familiar with words and terms to do with yoga and wellness. Why? Because in the USA, these practices are more and more and more and more popular and it's more and more and more involved in their daily conversations. When I'm in Morocco or when I'm in Spain or when I'm in whatever other country, I have to adapt my language to my students. Why? Because yoga and wellness types of practices are gaining popularity, but they haven't been around for as long as in the USA or other English-speaking countries. That means that there are many terms my students don't know yet. That doesn't mean that they are not good practitioners. It's just that they haven't been introduced to them. What that means for you is that when you speak about these terms or you use expressions or you explain concepts, it's an opportunity, first of all, for you to educate your students. But if you're working in English and you're working in, for example, German, you have to adopt your language. You have to meet your students where they are at. In English, you may be able to use much more evolved type of language. And in German or Spanish or Italian or whatever language, we still have to educate our students or explain things that you can actually resonate with them. Consider language dynamics and ask yourself, how familiar and experienced is my ideal client with the practice of yoga or wellness concepts, spiritual development? How familiar are they with that? And how can I adjust my language to meet them where they are at? How can I adjust my language to meet them where they are at? And what types of concepts, ideas and phrases need a little explanation? You can educate them. If they don't know it, just as you can learn anything, you can teach anything too. 
To really connect with your ideal clients, consider familiarity and experience with yoga and wellness concepts and the language that they use to describe it. The number five, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready to do the work? Because what truly does it take to build your business and to communicate in your business? What does it really take to create content and to build these relationships in your business? It may sound like a silly question, but I'm helping you to create perspective of all the things that you need to write, all the things that you need to speak about that you then either have to write in one language or translate. When I researched this, I looked at our customer journey. The customer journey is the moment that they start to get to know you, they see you, they hear you, they see a post, or they listen to a podcast episode, or they come across a blog post, whatever it is, they find you somewhere to the moment that they actually start working with you. That's a process. Sometimes we get students, they see you and they enroll in something straight away. It's a possibility. Usually there is a journey and that journey is nurturing your relationships. The types of communication that you see on this journey that you need to see, read, that your customers, your clients and students need to see, read, understand and resonate with are your social media posts, everything you put on Instagram or all your other channels, your long-form content, such as a blog or a podcast, your website content, your sign-up forms, and your sign-up forms usually go to a freebie. A freebie is a type of content through which you offer a potential quick win or a quick fix, a preview of how to work with you. Then your freebie itself, six things now, the emails that you send them, because we're building relationships, you learned that you need to nurture your relationships through email communication. The sales pages, sales pages are where you describe your offer. The checkout page, where people actually put in their details, their payment details, and then the content of your products. It's a course, a membership, a program, your classes, your coaching sessions, your retreat, whatever. We've got social media content, website, sign-up form, freebies, emails, the sales pages, and the checkout page and the actual content of your services. Those are all the types of communications that your students see, your clients will see. You need to write those in either or both languages or translate it, right? So it's to give you a perspective of what it really takes to communicate. Remember all of this because I want to give you my suggestion. My suggestion is personal. It has to do with your ideal client, first of all. It has to do with your business vision. It has to do with, are you the only one working in your business or will there be more people? And it also has to do with the types of offers you create and if it's online or in person. So there are four more things to it. But if you're wondering, should I go with one language or do both? My suggestion for effective communication 
and effective management of your communication when it comes to running your business in multiple languages is to keep everything separated. <laughs> one page, one language. One post, one language. One type of content, one language. Why? Because you, this way, can keep your communication focused, targeted. It's aimed at this ideal client. It keeps everything streamlined and it keeps everything to the point. And it will prevent your clients from getting confused, especially if they don't speak the other language that you use. It will prevent them from being overwhelmed. The internet is a super busy place and there's already a lot of distraction. And our attention spans are getting shorter every day. The intention of your communication is to connect and to build relationships. The cleaner, the clearer, and the more easily your potential clients can connect with you, can find the information that they search for and resonate with what you have to share, it really speaks to them, the higher the chance you build this trust and then the higher the chance you actually have them enroll or buy something or become a loyal client. And that's really the ultimate goal. Because remember what I said at the beginning of this training, without clients, you do not have a business. Without communication, you can't reach and attract them. And without speaking their language, you won't build the relationships that you need to convert them into loyal customers. So, lots of things to consider. <laughs> we spoke about the actual question of why you would need to consider this, your business vision and your ideal clients, your own language levels, navigating language dynamics, specifically understanding the familiarity and the experience your students have with yoga and wellness, translation, and are you ready to do the work? Are you ready to write and speak in multiple languages? You've learned a lot, and I hope that this training has given you some powerful insights into, first of all, why communication is so important, and what you need to build strong and loyal relationships, how you can optimize your language and communication according to your ideal client's needs and their buying behavior. Remember, specific countries have different ways of deciding on working with you. And if you want to dive deeper, we have our four-day immersion. Yeah, four-day business foundations. There, I will teach you the business, marketing, communication tools to reach and attract your ideal clients, to engage with them, to build trust, and to convert them into clients so that you can actually live of sharing your passion for yoga and wellness. <laughs> Here, I will teach you how to do really profound market research, ask the right questions so that you learn how to speak their language and you can meet them where they are at. You can meet them in the right places, speaking about the right topics. Then you will also develop your brand voice, the way that you speak, and create a style guide in which you define your tone of voice, common phrases, even the emojis that you use. 
I will help you study cultural and linguistic differences and how to appropriately adapt to these things for an international audiences. But still, feel yourself and authentic when you're speaking. Four days to build a business foundation, then embody your purpose, unite your unique qualities, serve your students your way, understand your clients to reach them, and then build that relationship with effective and aligned communication, choose your business model that suits your lifestyle or your ideal lifestyle and the way that you want to serve your clients and establish your brand and your online visibility to attract your clients with ease. If you're interested in this, I would love for you to be there. If you're ready to do the work, if you're ready to learn, if you're open to receiving support, let me be your guide. Honestly, it's going to speed up your progress a lot. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to waste time trying to figure out what do I have to put on my website? Why is no one coming to my classes? Why is no one sending me a DM to ask me about my services? Or why does no one like my posts? We don't have to figure it out by ourselves or start doubting, go into isolation and thinking I'm not worth it, I'm not capable, no one likes what I do. All of these things are untrue, honestly, they're not true because they are skills. They are skills to learn and it all starts with you building the foundation, having a purpose, having a vision, understanding your clients and based on that, Create your services and build your relationships first. I'm here to support you with that. Check out the link in my bio. If you have questions, always feel free to send me a message. You can do that in the Instagram DMs, direct messages on Facebook, or email me at annie at engaunite.com. Ready to learn. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for being here with me. It's been a longer session again today. I can't wait for you to build your business, serve your students, and as cheesy as it sounds, but help this world become a better place because your students need you and the world needs what you have to offer. Remember that the worst thing that could happen is regret for not showing up is regretting never having tried. And the only thing that you need to do is being open to learning and receive support. Speed up the progress, step by step. Alrighty, sending you lots of love. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next week. Sending you lots of love, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> you listen to Your Yoga in English brought to you by Enga Unite a unique online learning platform for non-native English-speaking yogis. If you liked what you learned today, I would love for you to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Enga Unite. Join the community and become a member of the Teach Yoga in English support group. Check out our continuing education membership that offers you the chance to develop your skills and expertise through self-paced learning and live classes and training. If you want help understanding what you need to improve and create an action plan to achieve the goals that you have for your career as an international yoga teacher, book a free discovery call with me, Annie. You can find all the links in the show notes.
This is your time to invest time in your personal and professional development.